would like to thank Jonathan for his very kind introduction uh, to me today. It's a great pleasure to be back with you in the church here. Uh, I, the last time I was preaching was in uh, Gateshead in a community center, so this is a much more grand and wonderful place to be with the beautiful building that you have here, and it's a great pleasure to join with you in worship. We'll ask God's blessing as we turn to the scriptures. Let's pray. Gracious and ever-blessed God, how much we need thee. We need thee to open up to us the holy scriptures, to illuminate our hearts. Grant, O Lord, that thy truth would be understood by us, that the word of God would be clear, that we would hear what God is saying to us in the scriptures. Give to us an appreciation for the things of God. Give to us an attentiveness to listen and to learn. Help us to wait upon thee with expectation. Grant that, like the psalmist, we would hunger and thirst for God. Grant, O Lord, that thy word would be blessed to each one of us. Thou knowest us, Lord. Thou knowest our peculiar needs, our problems, our difficulties. Do thou draw near to us, we pray thee, and speak to us. Grant to us that the Spirit of God would be poured out upon us. How wonderful to meet with God here. Lord, speak to us, we pray thee, and teach us thy ways, and fill us with thy peace and with thy joy, with love for thee and love for one another. For Jesus' sake, amen. We shall now read God's word in the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, we'll read in chapter 13 and 14. Numbers, uh, chapter 13 and reading at verse 26. The first part of the chapter, the 12 spies are chosen and they are sent to um, to discover what the land of Canaan is like, and then they return with their discoveries. Verse 26, And they went, the spies, and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh, and they brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came unto the land whither thou sendest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled, and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. 
the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, the land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread unto us. Their defenses departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bad stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them, I will smite them with a pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them. 
and they shall tell it to the inhabitants of this land. For they have heard that thou, Lord, art among this people, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by daytime in a pillar of cloud and in a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them, therefore he has slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, according unto the greatness of thy mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Amen. May God bless to us this reading of his own precious word. I'd like particularly to, um, to get you to notice that last verse that we, we read there, my servant Caleb, verse 24, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went and his seed shall possess it. We see here Caleb's faith. He followed the Lord wholly. And that's what I'd like us to, to focus on this morning. Israel left the land of Egypt and they came to Mount Sinai. There they received the law of God, the regulations with regard to, to the church and to worship, and also with regard to the nation as to how they should conduct their affairs. So God organized them as a church and as a nation. And now they have left Sinai and they've come to the south of the promised land. And God told them to send spies to see what the land was like, to see what the population was like, whether they lived in tents or in, in, in cities, and uh, whether they were warlike people, and 
to describe the, 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 the conditions of the people and to bring back something of the fruit of the land. One spy was sent, chosen from each of the twelve tribes. Ten of the spies bring back a bad report, a discouraging report. But Caleb and Joshua follow the Lord wholly and bring back a good report. They show that they have faith in God. It's not right for us to focus upon the problems, to look around at the difficulties. Rather, like Caleb, we're to look up. And we're to see God. God reigneth. Let the earth be glad. Rejoice. The Lord is in control. God has his purposes. God has his plans. God is leading his people. And God has given to us the promised land. That's the way it was with Caleb. Trusting in God, he didn't see the problems. He saw the ultimate success. But the ten spies, all they could see were the difficulties. So surely there's a message there for us today. Try not to focus on the problems and the difficulties, the troubles, the temptations, the trials, but focus on God. So first of all, I want us to think about God's promises. It's always good to start with God's Word. We have to build upon a solid foundation. And if we're building upon the Scriptures, what have we got there? The infallible, inerrant Word of God. All flesh is grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. There you have a sure foundation for your life, for your behavior, for our country, for our world. God's promises. We go back to the book of Genesis, and you see there in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, how God calls Abraham out of idolatry. He was living with his fathers, worshiping idols in Mesopotamia and Ur of the Chaldees. And God said, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will be your God, and you shall be mine, my people. And we're told that Abraham listened to that call of God. He left Ur of the Chaldees. He left Haran behind. He came to that land that God guided him to. And Genesis 12, verse 7, God says to him, Unto thy seed will I give this land. Then in the following chapter, you remember how there was a conflict between Lot and Abraham, their, their, um, Lot, his nephew. Their flocks and their herds were so great that their herdsmen were uh, quarreling over, mingling together of the animals. And Lot decided to move off 
down towards Sodom. He pitched his, twain, his tent toward wicked Sodom because it looked attractive. The lush grass, the prosperity of Sodom. He went down that way. He thought he would be rich, but he ended up in poverty, living in a cave. How important it is to have the right priorities. What matters? Riches, success, earthly advancement? Not at all. What really matters is to have God. Lot would have been far better to have given up his herds and his flocks and stayed in Abraham's family, blessed by his relationship with God's covenant people. But God said to Abraham, look northwards and southwards, eastwards and westwards. All this land I give to you. Walk through it. See it. Experience it. This is going to be your land forever, the land of your family. Chapter 15, God says to Abraham, your seed will be, your children will be as the stars of the sky for multitude, and I will give you this land. There's an interesting verse, chapter 15 of Genesis, verse 16. God said, I'm not going to give it to you yet because the, iniqui the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. The Canaanites, the Amorites, they were wicked people. But it was not yet full. Sometimes people say, how terrible the cruelty that God told Joshua to do to the Canaanites, to destroy the men, women, and children. But what people forget is that it's God's justice. It's God's punishment. The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full in Abraham's day, but 400 years later, it had reached that fullness. There was such violence, such cruelty, such immorality, such wickedness going on in Canaan. Children being sacrificed, burnt in the fire, and God's wrath was against the Canaanites, and he determined their destruction. The ancient world, you remember, God destroyed it with a great flood, the world that existed in the days of Noah. The whole world was destroyed because of the wickedness of man. Sodom and Gomorrah were burnt with fire because of their immorality and wickedness. God is just. God hates sin. The wages of sin is death. It's so important for us to remember that God is holy. And every one of us, you and I, one day soon, we'll have to stand before the judge and give our account. That's why it's vital for us to make our peace with God. We need a Savior. And if we don't have that Savior, 
we will perish forever in hell. God gave this land to Abraham. He made promises similarly to Abraham's son Isaac, and similarly he made promises to Jacob. The land would be theirs. And then you remember how Joseph was sold into Egypt and how Joseph became eventually prime minister of Egypt. God's purpose has been worked out and how Joseph became the savior for the people of Israel and for all the peoples round about because he saved them in the time of famine. And Joseph, when he was dying, he said, put my bones, put my remains in a coffin. Don't bury them. Just keep them there. Because one day God's going to take you to the land of promise. And I want you to take my bones with you. He was a man of faith, and he looked into the future, and he knew that God would keep his promise, and he knew that that land would belong to the children of Israel. God is true. When God makes promises, he keeps them. And that's why it's so important for us to know God's Word, to believe it, to believe these promises, and to hold firmly to them. And so we come into the book of Exodus, and there you remember how God met Moses at the burning bush. And God said, I have seen how my people are suffering in Egypt, how the Egyptians are oppressing them. I'm hearing their sighs and their groans. And I want you to go and take them and to bring them to the promised land. Moses was reluctant. He was conscious of his own weakness and inability. But he trusted God. He went back to Egypt. He told the Israelites. He told Pharaoh. Pharaoh wouldn't let them go, but Pharaoh had to let them go. God, by his mighty hand, brought Ten devastating plagues upon the land of Egypt, so that by the time the last plague had killed our firstborn, they were begging the Israelites to, get, to go away, to leave them, and giving them gifts, all kinds of gifts, so that they would leave the land of Egypt behind, lest all their people be destroyed. So they left Egypt, and they came to the Red Sea, the Egyptians hardened their hearts and came after them to bring them back. On either side were the mountains, in front of them was the sea, behind them was the army of the Egyptians. And Israel seemed to be finished, but no, God was with them. So he did something wonderful. He opened up the Red Sea, and the Israelites were able to cross over on dry land. And the Egyptians trying to follow them, were drowned. God was showing signs and wonders and miracles and demonstrating that he was their God. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And so there were all these promises, and now they've come to the land, to the south of the land of Canaan. God had been with them. 
God is the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. He led them. God spoke to them face to face at Mount Sinai. God gave them manna, bread from heaven to feed them. When they were thirsty in the desert, he opened the flinty rock and gave them a stream of water. God's promises to his people, his covenant people. He was their God. He would be with them. He said, I will give you this land. How important it is for us to take God's promises and to believe them. God's promises. And then secondly, we have here God dishonoring unbelief. God dishonoring unbelief. The twelve spies, one from each tribe, went and spent 40 days searching the land of Canaan. They found it a rich country, fertile, a land flowing with milk and honey. They came to the brook of Eshcol, and there they cut down one bunch of grapes. And it was so large that two men had to carry it on a pole. Two men carrying this enormous bunch of grapes. What a fruitful land! What a blessed land God had chosen for his people. A land flowing with milk and honey. But then ten of the spies say, but it's, there's so many people live in this land. The Amalekites in the south, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites. And they have big armies, and they have walled cities, great walls up to heaven. And they have iron chariots. What hope is there for us? They're so numerous. And then there's the giants, the sons of Anak. And we felt like grasshoppers in the presence of these great men. And they looked down on us as if we were just little spiders. It's no use. We'll never manage to conquer that land. All they could see were the problems, the difficulties, the opposition, the enemy. They focused upon these things, the giants. They brought back, as we see here in verse 32, an evil report of the land. The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And if we go into that land, we'll be eaten up and devoured and destroyed. And all the people that we saw in it all of them, men of great stature. They're all sons of Anak. Notice how the story is getting bigger and bigger all the time, and the negative things. It's not just a few sons of Anak that are there, but they're all giants, and we're such little people, and the problem is too great, and the enemy is overwhelming. They cannot see God. Reminds us a bit, doesn't it, of when Goliath challenged the armies of Israel. And you remember how 
None of the Israelites would go out to fight with him. They all hung back. They were afraid, frightened. And then the young lad, David, comes along. And David, instead of seeing the great, mighty, powerful giant Goliath, he sees God. And he knows if God's with him, he doesn't need to be afraid of Goliath. It's so important for us to see God, to keep God always before us. Today, you and I can be overwhelmed when we see this woke culture, when we see the LGBT lobby so powerful and so strong, and the media against us, and the government against us, and it would seem that all society is against us, and the church is so small, and we feel so few and so inadequate, and we're afraid we're going to be crushed. And all we can do is see the difficulties, and we fail to look up and to see God seated upon a throne. The Lord reigns. And we're tempted to run away and hide in a hole somewhere. That's unbelief. That's being like the ten spies. All they could see were the giants. And they forgot about God. God dishonoring unbelief. You and I must not be like that. So thirdly, we notice Caleb's faith. We're told here in uh, chapter 14, verse 24, that he had another spirit. He had another attitude, a totally different way of looking at things. He followed the Lord wholly. We read together, didn't we, in Hebrews chapter 11. We read there of all these mighty heroes of Old Testament times. And why were they mighty heroes? Because they had faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, and so on. All the great things that are done through faith. Do you have faith? Real faith in God? Or is it faith in yourself and your gifts and your abilities? Or faith in your church or faith in man? That won't do. Our faith must be in God. Caleb he followed the Lord holy. He was just like the other ten spies. He saw the same country, the same armies, the same walled cities, 
he saw the same giants, but he saw God. He said, let us go up at once. We are well able to overcome them. Notice what it says there in verse 31. The men that went up with him said, No, no, no. We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up this evil report of the land. The people are of great stature. But Caleb says, Yes, we can. We can go up. We can overcome them. But the majority said, no, we can't. And they convinced the whole congregation. And so we see verse 1 of chapter 14, all the congregation lifted up, lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept all night. What a sad sight it was. There they were, the borders of the land of promise, and they were weeping, 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 all night long weeping depressed, downcast, lost, sad. And verse 2, they murmured against Moses and Aaron. Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Would have been better for us even to have died in the wilderness. You've brought us up here in order that our wives and our children will be a prey a spoil for the Canaanites. And they said, let us make a captain and let us return to the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation. They fell on their face before the Lord. They bowed and prayed to him Caleb and Joshua rent their clothes. And they said, it's a good land, a very good land. If the Lord delights in us, verse 8, he will bring us into it. Don't rebel, verse 9. They will be bread for us. It'll be as easy for us to conquer the land as it is to chew a piece of bread. It's a piece of cake for us, as it were, as we would sometimes say, to enter the land of Canaan. Don't be afraid. But the congregation bade stone them with stones. They said, let's stone Joshua and Caleb. And then God appeared. And God said, I will destroy them. And he said to Moses, I will make of you a great nation. These Israelites, ten times they've rebelled against me. They've, they've rejected me. They've turned, as it were, a blind eye to all the signs and wonders that I've done amongst them. We see here, verse 13, Moses as a type of Christ, praying for Israel, pleading for them, praying so powerfully that God will not destroy Israel. If you destroy them, what will the Egyptians say? What will the nations say? They will say, God was not able to bring them into the land of Canaan. Therefore, he destroyed them. Moses praying for 
Israel, just as our great mediator prays for us. It's lovely when somebody says, they're praying for you. But friends, it's important to remember we've got somebody far greater praying for us. We've got the Moses of the New Testament. We've got the Lord Jesus Christ interceding for us. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. What a, what a great priest we have, the Lord Jesus. He's praying for us. And remember, whatever you're going through, whatever trials you're facing, whatever difficulties, whatever opposition, there's one up there praying for you. And he's got tremendous merit. He's on the right hand of God, tremendously powerful, and he's praying for us. He offered himself as a sacrifice for us, and he takes his own blood, as it were, his own merit, and he mixes that incense with your prayers so that your prayers are heard on high. Moses, a type of Christ. Caleb, of course, is another type of Christ. He followed the Lord wholly, trusting wholly in the Lord, just like Jesus did, followed the Lord wholly. He trusted in God that he would deliver him. That's what they were saying about him as he hung hung there on the cross. He trusted in God that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him if he delighteth in him. And of course, God did deliver him. He raised him up on the third day, having completed the work of redemption. He, Christ, followed the Lord wholly. And you and I are called upon to be like Caleb, who was like Christ. Follow the Lord holy. We need faith. We need to be looking up. We need to be trusting in God. And then, finally, Caleb's reward. God makes this great promise to him in verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me wholly, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. God makes a promise here to Caleb, a great promise, a promise that he would inherit the land. But the rebels, they will die. They had spent 40 days searching the land of Canaan. Now the Israelites would spend 40 years wandering around in the desert before they would enter the land of Canaan. Because they listened to the spies, the majority of spies, they would, in God's judgment, spend the next 40 years they had said, our children will be a prey to the Canaanites. 
But these very children would be the ones who would go in and possess the land of promise. And the unbelievers, they would die in the desert, and they would be the ones whose corpses would be strewn in the wilderness. And only Caleb and Joshua would enter the promised land. It's interesting when we go on to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 14, where Joshua is dividing out the, the land amongst the Israelites after they've gone in and conquered the Canaanites. Along comes Caleb with the, the men of Judah, and he says to Joshua, give me this mountain. I was 40 years old when I spied out the land with the others. I brought back a good report. Now I'm 85. And yet am I strong as I was at the age of 40. God has kept me. God's looked after me. He's strengthened me. And God promised to give me the land that I stood upon. And I want this mountain, this mountain where the giants live. I want this part, which is the hardest part of the land of Canaan. I want you to give it to me. God promised it to me. I'm not afraid of the giants. Give me this mountain. And he was given the mountain. And you remember how he went in and drove out the sons of Anak and took possession of Hebron and that mountain. An old man, but he's bold. He's strong. He's ready to fight for God. God has kept him going over these years. And he's trusting in God still. Forty-five years later, his faith is stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. He fears the face of no man, even if he's ten feet tall. Just like David, young David, the young lad going to fight Goliath. This great giant, clothed in armor from head to foot, with an armor bearer going before him. And all David had was a sling and a stone. The giant said, Come here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air to eat. And David said, You come against me with a sword and a spear, but I go to fight against you in the name of the Lord. And with my God on my side, I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And so David ran, conquered the giant, cut off his head, and left him dead. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Remember, there are great forces in this world powerful forces, clever people. But God's far cleverer. God's far more powerful. If we've got God on our side, fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom belongs to you. Rejoice. Be exceeding glad. God's on the throne. God's working out his purposes. God's on the side of his people. 
you are more than conquerors through him who loved you. Fear not. Be strong and of good courage, and you shall possess the land. But maybe you're here today and you don't have faith. Maybe you're not one of God's people. Is there any hope for you? Of course there is. Because God sends out his church with the gospel, with the good news, the glad tidings. There's a message of salvation. Whosoever will, let them come. Whoever you are, turn, come to Christ. Give up your sins. Receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, and then you'll be one of the privileged people to whom God promises a promised land in heaven. Yes, a promised land in this world. It's great to be a Christian, to have God on your side constantly and everything working out for good. And then when you die, the land of promise, flowing with milk and honey, God's kingdom forever. Christ is there. God's Son died on the cross. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, we thank thee that we have a great God in heaven, a God who is sovereign, a God who is almighty, a God who reigns over this world, and a God who is on the side of his people. And we praise thy name that Thou art ensuring that all things work together for good to the people of God. So we pray that Thou wouldst help us to trust in Thee and to go forward in Thy strength. Help us to attempt great things for Thee, expecting great things from Thee. Grant unto us, Lord, that faith, a faith that clings to Christ, a faith that builds upon the sure foundation of God's Word. So bless us then each one. Pardon our sins for Jesus' sake. Amen.